Denzel, but I know I'm a star. Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me on today's show is Joe Moore, CMO and co-founder of Extreme Experience. Joe, great to have you on the show. Great to be here, man. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Yeah. So uh, I, uh, as you mentioned, CMO and co-founder of Extreme Experience, we are the nation's premier supercar driving experience. We allow the general public to get behind the wheel of some of the best cars on the planet from Lamborghini, Ferrari, Porsche, McLaren, you name it, on, uh, on racetracks all across the United States. So I, um, along with uh, my, my friend and mutual friend, Adam Alalde, uh, we were college roommates and uh, fraternity brothers and, and kind of both went down different career paths after college, but uh, ended up in this, uh, with this opportunity to, to kind of build something together. And uh, back in 2012, started extreme experience. I could get more of that story in a minute if you're interested, but, um, but from the, from the very beginning, from the ground up, built this business and, um, have just been iterating and iterating and growing it, uh, rapidly growing, uh, Inc. 5,000 the last three years. And, um, and so that kind of just goes to show the, the growth pace that we're at. And, uh, now today I have done about, about 200,000 consumer driving experiences and uh, like 35 different cities across the United States and, and just over 50 employees full-time. Uh, it's, it's been a kind of a, a, a whirlwind. And so um, I'm happy to talk about, you know, anything we want to talk about today about how we got to where we're at because it's, it's been, it's been pretty, uh, pretty epic journey so far. So to frame some things, so you and I and Adam all went to Miami University in Ohio. We were all in the same fraternity, but we did not overlap as I had graduated and you just got there. But we all live in Chicago, and there's like a million people in our network and from Miami and from our fraternity who live in Chicago. So throughout the years, that's how you and I became friends. And yep. uh, a few weeks ago, you guys had your year-end party of which you invited me to at your guys' warehouse, which was absolutely incredible. And we just started jamming about things. I'm just so curious about success. And there are so many things that I saw that I loved about what you guys were doing. And that's sort of what I want to unpack. But uh, let's briefly start at the beginning because I think – a lot of people see the success that others have and assume that it was always this, oh, I'm always successful. Everything's always easy and they don't know what actually goes into it. So take yeah. us to the very beginning and sort of what was the most difficult thing at the beginning? Yeah, for sure. So very, very beginning. And actually there's a little bit of like a prequel to Extreme Experience and that was, so Adam Alalde uh, was working uh, at a luxury rental business in Chicago and they, their mission, their goal was to try to rent people Lamborghinis and, and uh, you know, high end luxury cars in Chicago. And, you know, those cars were like three grand a day to rent and you can go to Miami, Florida and that's like a booming industry. But the, the idea for that business was that, hey, Chicago has a good tourism market. People will be renting these cars uh, and it just wasn't really happening. So uh, this was the... The, back in the early, this is like back in 2010 or 11 maybe, and Groupon was a brand new thing. So they said, hey, let's run a Groupon deal to do these like small test drives because they were getting phone calls left and right from people who just wanted to like show up at a, at a birthday party with a Lamborghini, but not rent it for the full day. So they tried to fill that, that void with this idea. They rented a racetrack 
they brought a few cars to the racetrack, sold a Groupon, and sold like, I think it was like 2,000 Groupons in a matter of like 48 hours. It was crazy. Um, and that clearly showed people were interested in doing this. Uh, as the rental business, they ran that event a couple of times. From, from very early on, Adam asked for my help. He knew I was a car guy and said, hey, could you just come help us facilitate this event? We just need like bodies here to help us like manage people and um, actually ended up jumping in the car with people to help kind of navigate them around the racetrack, which that was the prequel to what we now have, which is professional racing instructors. But um, so I was happy to jump in a Lambo and go drive on a racetrack. At that time, I was working in a marketing agency uh, called Zocalo Group downtown as part of the Omnicom portfolio. And uh, I was just a, I was an account executive working on big client, uh, actually doing word of mouth marketing and social media marketing all the way back when like Twitter and Facebook were, were the only two platforms. So we were figuring out how to use social media to spread word of mouth for brands. I took that skill set into, uh, at the time, the, the luxury rental company and um, helped them start to grow that. Then as soon as it was time to kind of cut that cord and go into extreme experience, I was like just the first you know, marketing guy that Adam knew and was like, hey, can you help? Can you come on board, help us out? Um, in the early days, it was just like on a, like a small retainer. I was making like a thousand bucks a month just helping market this idea. And, um, and then finally, you know, it was like, I got to be, you know, then it was like, this is big enough thing where let's create some full-time employees and uh, let's actually start hosting some events and taking this thing nationally. So honestly, the, from the very beginning, uh, it, going all the way back to the, the rental days and running on a racetrack, it was really just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Um, and at the time, it was actually, I think, our complete lack of understanding of this industry that allowed us to forge just like head on into it. Because if you tried to like, knowing what I know now and what Adam knows now and what our team knows now, you know, it would be an overwhelming task to do what we've done. It, it, it just wouldn't make sense on paper. Like you're going to let a, a stranger go drive a $300,000 Lamborghini at 150 miles an hour. Like that doesn't, you know, you've got to rent racetracks. You got to find insurance for it. You've got to logistics, transport those vehicles around, hire the world-class instructors. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. And uh, it would have been overwhelming. So really it was our like ignorance that allowed us to try this out. Um, we, we didn't even know it at the time we were going to compete with a couple other brands that had had a pretty decent brand equity at the time. We were competing with the NASCAR experiences with Richard Petty, Mario Andretti, those guys, those are race cars, not exotics, but like we didn't even really do any market research at the time to know that they were out there doing this. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it was just, well, the one thing that we, we decided very early on was. Uh, every single day that we were at the racetrack, every time we hosted an event, uh, we wanted to make the next one better, the next day better. So it was like, I mean, I could tell you every single little thing, like it, having extension cords to like run power to things like, oh, hey, we need extension cords. After today, someone needs to run out to, you know, Home Depot and buy 500 feet of extension cords. Uh, like every single thing was like, and that was like, because we wanted to put a fan in the pit to like cool people down because we didn't have tents at the time. People were standing around in the sun. It was hot. We had no lines for people to stand in. We ended up like actually put, getting children's sidewalk chalk and trying to make lines on the pavement. So, like 
stand in line here. And that evolved now to these large tented areas with stanchions and signage and everything's organized. But I mean, it was just like, I mean, there were so many problems to solve early on that I couldn't even point to one singular thing. It was more just like the mindset of we need to improve upon this. We took our customers feedback very, very seriously. Every time somebody had something to say, instead of us being like, well, this is why we do it this way. It was okay. Well, let's see how we can improve upon that. Every time we had an instructor give us some advice or even a racetrack manager, we kind of come over and say, Hey, have you guys thought about just organizing it this way or setting this thing over here and parking your cars this way? And every single piece of feedback, like just kept evolving into the business that it is now. So, um, I mean, I can get probably, I mean, there's a number of hilarious stories where things went really, really wrong. Um, but we just, failure has never been an option. And so we just figured it out. I, I love it. So you, you mentioned mindset to improve. So one thing that I love doing is digging into your mindset, because I've certainly seen a huge maturation out of all of us from where we were at Miami to pre what we're doing now to when we realize, holy smokes, this is the thing that I'm meant to do and I'm all in on doing it. And yeah. for me, it was, I probably had five or less seismic events that have happened in my life that have completely changed the course of my mindset and where I was going in them. And one of them was when I went from working corporate America doing digital advertising sales to seven years ago, quitting my job to go all in at uh, living my dream of being a creator in sports and starting bacon sports. And I immediately realized, holy crap, I'm going from making several six figures to making $0 overnight. Like you got to level up real quick. So I started to become a student of the game of personal development. I knew of the things that I can control my mindset. So having positive vibes only because anything else does not serve me. But number two was my own development because no one can ever take away from you what you learn. Even if you're not making revenue, but you still keep on learning and you're learning and you're learning, that's going to stack up and stack up till you get to the point of you're like, wow, I've been reading books every single day for seven straight years and listening to podcasts and and then I start to preach this stuff of the things that I learned. So I'm curious to hear from you on your maturation from a mindset side of things. Yeah, man. Um, I, I actually, uh, right out of college, went into a client's uh, services job. And I remember uh, specifically sitting at my desk and realizing that I, I'd actually like through high school and college had like a lawn care service and stuff. I love making money myself. And I just remember sitting at my desk in this corporate environment. It was, it was, you know, quiet, like cubicles and everything. And just like realizing that this is absolutely not what I want to do. I don't, I didn't want to be my boss. I didn't want to be the boss's boss. I used to get lunch with the president of the company that I worked for. I didn't want to be him. I just did not like, uh, I, I knew that that was not what I wanted to do. And so that led me to, you know, just using the internet to start learning about like, what are the options? I, I realized making money online was something you could do. So I started kind of following some of those early gurus back in like 2008, uh, 2009 and realized, you know, you could create courses and, and make funnels and sell products online. And I started just learning about all that. Funny enough, none of that translated directly to what I ended up doing next, which was I went to, I, I quit my job and I moved to Chicago to start a music studio. Um, and it was a, a, it's a whole nother story. But at that time I, I had saved up enough money 
And uh, I was living at home when I was in my early 20s. So, you know, even a small paycheck was like, I had enough money to save to go like, I'm going to go try this thing out in Chicago. And, uh, and actually, I was really on the fence about it. A good friend of mine one time told me, um, this was over like chatting at work, you know, on like instant messenger or something. And she said, um, just do a pro and con list and, and think about all the cons, all the reasons why you can't do it. Cause my parents are telling me you've got a 401k you're saving towards, you've got health insurance and all that stuff. And she just said, well, put it all down on paper and then like address every single one of those why you can't. And so I spent the next probably six months addressing all those why I can't move to Chicago and do this thing. And that had that involved saving up the money, um, all the, you know, just kind of checking those boxes. And then I realized I'm like, this is totally doable. Um, and so I moved to Chicago to start that. And that's a whole nother chapter I could go into. But, but when really going back to um, uh, extreme experience and, and starting the studio and all, the studio led me into marketing. I did not have a degree in marketing. Uh, I knew that I needed to use the social media to help drive business to that, um, to that studio. Uh, you know, musicians were blowing up on Twitter. I knew that that was gonna be a big thing. So those skill sets led me to be able to go interview at a marketing agency uh, to get a full-time job doing that. So I, and that to me was never the end goal. That was like, I'm just gonna pick up these skills. Uh, it's gonna pay my rent. And I just kept kind of, prodding around for opportunity. I mean, when I was at the, uh, at the agency and then when this thing came up with, with doing the car thing, I was like, absolutely. I jumped in on it. I had also started developing a website with my, to create a, a different business doing uh, with vinyl wrapping where you can change the color of a car. I realized that that was an underserved uh, market in Chicago. So I, I had started on that project. I always like to kind of have a life, like go, have a lifeline out there. You're like working on something on the side so that if things went, one direction or the other, you're kind of, you've, you've had this other thing. Um, but anyway, I, uh, having no background in marketing, I, I just went head on into it. I, uh, my, my Instagram handle is actually textbook Joe, uh, because, um, my, my friends, when I was doing the, the music studio thing, I was buying books. I went to, uh, Barnes and Noble and I bought like how to start a record label. I bought uh, marketing for dummies. I bought all these books. And they thought I was crazy, but I was just like reading these books to like learn, which, you know, to the level that led to an actual nickname. And, uh, and so I just kept, I've been doing that my whole life now since, since I realized that that's, there's so much knowledge in those books. I mean, even just like one page out of that, how to start a business book, uh, like led me to, um, you know, oh, here's this like eight step business plan. That business plan led me to start to understand marketing. The marketing thing led me down the marketing wormhole and, so on and so on. But when Adam and I got together for extreme experience, we looked towards books as well. Like I listened to podcasts. I read blog articles, those articles and podcasts influenced the books that I, that I would go pick up. So things from like good to great, the lean startup. Um, I don't even know. I mean, we've, we've got this huge bookcase in our office now of all these books that we've shared and read extreme ownership. Um, is that's like a Bible around here. Um, all and I second that. Yeah, all of Jocko's books, The Dichotomy of Leadership. Um, I'm actually looking forward to reading his field manual. I forget what the new one's called. But um, so we actually just read these books and pass them back and forth. And we pick and choose. It might be one page out of that book. It might be one chapter. Um, and just have been, that was really been the mindset, just growing and learning and picking up things from here and here. The, um, 
the book Double Double by Cameron Harold, uh, he goes into the idea of a vivid vision. Uh, I heard that on a, on a podcast. He was a guest somewhere at a free podcast. It was went and picked up the book. We decided we need to do a vivid vision that led to us doubling our business in the last three years. And this is actually it right here. We, we made an actual vivid vision where we like mapped out the, where we want to be. Um, so all these little things, you just pick up these things throughout your, your learning, uh, through reading and, and all that, keep an open mind and, and you don't have to choose one of those paths exactly, but those little tidbits here and there spin off. Same thing goes for my marketing skill set. You know, online market, digital marketing, you could go down any number of wormholes, paid, you know, paid media, social media, SEO, email. And I did, I went down all those paths. Like I was the original marketer here. I learned email marketing. I learned how to do um, paid advertising. The very first time Facebook opened up their marketplace to buy ads, I did it. I ran a credit card for 500 bucks, ran some ads and got like a, you know, a six, uh, like a $6 return on ad spend. I was like, holy smokes, let's do more of that. Let's scale it, scale it, scale it, scale it, scale it to, to where we're at. So it's, uh, yeah, just, just always learning and, and trying a, a new path and seeing where it goes. And, um, so there's a, there's a few things that I want to unpack here and then I want to get a little bit deeper on the vivid vision, but one, you're talking to your parents, uh, looking for advice and they are sort of saying that the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And I want to make sure that we are crystal clear on this. Your parents are great for support, but oftentimes your parents can be one of the biggest challenges to your dreams. And the reason for this is safety. Your parents want to see you comfortable. They like the idea of 401ks. They like the idea of stability. And these are things that entrepreneurship traditionally does not bring to the table. And my mom is the most loving person in the world, but she doesn't really re she doesn't really understand what I'm doing, but she's very supportive of it. So please be careful in getting advice on entrepreneurship from your parents. Uh, number two thing that you said, working on something on the side, a side hustle. I 100% agree with you. Uh, for me, my original business was uh, I was doing digital ad sales. So then I opened an ad sales brokerage on the side where I'm slinging banner ads and text links to other industries because I knew all of the different people here. Number three, uh, you talked about reading and podcasts and, and all this. I've mentioned this a million times on this podcast, so I want to reiterate this again. If there's a common thread, if I say I read and I listen to podcasts and Joe says I read and I listen to podcasts, do you think there's a common link between people who are successful who read and listen to podcasts? And that's exactly what ended up happening to me when I was Auditing the success habits of the most important people, you're hearing the average CEO reads 60 books a year. And I'm like, crap, I'm reading zero. Maybe I want to learn how to read. And then everyone's going to give you an excuse for why they can't read. Rob, I don't like reading. I don't like waking up in the morning. Like they'll tell you every reason why not. But yeah. when you want to play the different game, what this becomes is self-directed learning. So you and I are extremely similar in the fact that you're like, I'm going to learn paid. I'm going to learn SEO. I'm going to learn uh, all of these different things. I didn't know how to do anything that I'm doing right now. I didn't know Photoshop, video editing, audio editing, podcasting, hosting, throwing events, apparel, social media marketing, uh, high performance coaching, like any of these things until yeah. I'm like, well, crap. 
I have to learn these things if I want to get to where I want to go. No one is going to tell you that you need to do this. And one of the biggest game changers you will ever get is when you realize that when you can take on self-directed learning, the world goes from black and white to color because now you're like, well, crap, I can just learn so many things and don't worry about exactly how is this going to translate to something specifically, just sort of learn and understand and in spider web your way through this because you always see the Instagram posts of the reality versus what everybody thinks entrepreneurship is. And everyone thinks it's this really nice linear line. And really it looks like boiled spaghetti that's just going all over the place. And learning is the exact same way. But eventually the culmination of all of this, you'll get to the point where you're like, oh, I'm glad that I understood these things and learned them over the years because they're going to stack on top of each other. Yeah. So let's now get to the vivid vision because when we were talking at your holiday party, one thing that stood out to me was you talked about you guys have a one-year vision and plan and a three-year vision and plan and you were very structured about it. And yeah. we don't necessarily need to say, hey, are we creating three-year plans? Because I think a lot of people don't even have the plan period in the mm -hmm. understanding of uh, building the world in your image and, and spending the time to say, all right, what is it that I want? Like you did with the pros and cons. You said, I spent six months on this thing. How many people would hear pros and cons and then never take an action on it? And remember, whatever you give awareness to is what is going to grow. So I'm curious if you can drop some nuggets on sort of your mindset on the vivid vision. Yeah, for sure. And actually, you just said something that reminded me. I um, uh, John C. Maxwell is a famous leadership. I listen to his podcast. He, uh, he just, this most recent few uh, episodes, he's talking about the idea of, of uh, owning your dreams. Uh, and you, you know, things, this goes all the way back to the parents thing. Like a lot of times people are living on other people's dreams. And if you don't create your own and define them, then you're con then you will never take ownership of them. And then he talks about the next step is actually investing in those dreams. Once you own it, you can invest in it. So that's, that may be investing in a course or taking a loan out to buy, you know, to buy ads for your own business or like you're now you're investing in it because it's yours. But, um, and I think the vivid vision has a similar effect, which is that if, if you don't create, and I think this translates perfectly into personal life too. If you don't have a direction and if you don't kind of know what you want to be doing, let's say in a, in a 12 months or in a, three years, um, then everything else that comes, and this is directly from Cameron Hill, but everything else that, there'll be plenty of opportunities that come your way all the time. And if you just followed every single opportunity, you might end up being in the same place that you were three years from now, because there's no um, structure to it, you know? So he, he talks about the idea of the vivid vision being something where three years is, is, is close enough where you can still have a pretty good sense for where things are going. Um, but it's also far enough that it's a bit uncomfortable. So, um, you know, I think it's great to have 10, 20 year visions to be like, when I'm 60, I want to be, this is what my lifestyle should be like. But, um, but the idea of, of creating that vision to say, uh, the whole, and the whole idea is to, to actually write this vivid vision statement as if it's in real time in the future. So you write it like, um, we wrote it as like a kind of a newsletter to the team but in the year 2020, we, we made this thing back in 2016, so that 2017, 2018, 2019, that was our three years. We call it our 2020 vision, but 
But uh, we, we, Adam and I got together and basically said, what does this, and, and the leadership team, I, I, uh, all of us, we, we went on a retreat. We went up to a lake house in Michigan, spent a couple of days on this and said, what do we want this thing to be in three years? And um, without any parameters, really, just what, what could it look like? How much do you think we could grow? Um, should it be all driving experiences? Should it be tour stops, permit locations? What kind of cars should be there? What does the culture feel like? Um, and Cameron Harold in the book Double Double, and actually he now has a subsequent book called The Vivid Vision, I think, um, breaks this down to say, what are the things, what are the subsections of your Vivid Vision? But uh, it touches on what does your marketing look like? What is your company culture? What are the conversations like around the water cooler? What are people saying? You know, um, are they excited about their 401k match? That like just a little thing. Well, that's something we just rolled out to our company. It's we're we've been around uh, growing now for a few years, but we hadn't offered that. But that was in the vision in the vision to say we match our 401ks. We have world class benefits. We have, um, you know, a, it's a nice, fun, high energy, light hearted environment here. We have a big garage that we come to we love our office we made it our own all these different points and like now we're sitting in our brand new office space um still it's a work in progress in some degree but um you know you you break down all those components of the business um actually oh i've got it right here there's the company culture there yeah there's the marketing there's uh we we talked about sponsors we want to have we talked about what kind of product offerings and then of course you put down your revenue goals what kind of margin we want to be making um, and all that type of stuff. And then from there, you, um, you know, you present that to the company and from there, then you actually start to figure out how to make it happen. The problem when you set a lot of, you know, especially big goals to grow business or even your own life, it's like you immediately go into tactics and that's what actually is going to hold you back. If I, if I said, you know, I want to put on a hundred, you know, put on 50 pounds of muscle and be a huge, I, if you immediately start talking about like all the different weights and the diet and I'm going to, that's going to be overwhelming. So, um, so the idea is that you create that vision, then you start to reverse engineer it and we broke it down year by year. So we knew that we weren't going to double in size in one year or in two years, but we knew in order to do that, you know, we need to grow X percent in 2017. Uh, how do we do that? We break it down for us by number of drives we need to do, how many, customers we need to acquire it's with an average order value and all that break that down and then you say okay so that'll be one year now next year we need to do x amount of growth and then just for us in 2019 we knew that we could not fulfill our revenue goal without um, basically doubling the size of our business and running twice as many events so we had to basically split our company like a like dna you know we replicated every job um, every car every trailer every piece of equipment and sent them out to go now be servicing two markets simultaneously every single weekend. Um, and it was a really big strain on the company. And to be honest, it was, that was the hardest year of growth I think we've ever had. But what we've done now is we've kind of gained, we, we talk about gaining the high ground and now we're a bit, we're on this plateau level, but it's, it's intentional. We're giving ourselves another year to basically grow into the, all of the work we did over the last three years, perfect all of that. We're calling it tuning this year. And then we're going to next year, we'll work on adding new things and more. We've, we've, we've started another three year vision to say we want to double the company again. Well, how do we do that? And uh, that's kind of the whole idea of it. It's, it's, um, there's a formula to it. You just, uh, and I, I could elaborate a little bit further, but you know, you, you kind of, 
you figure out the few areas that you want to future cast. You write those things down. You go offsite. You, you, you do not do this at your desk. You do it with your leadership team or if it's, you know, it could be like you and your wife or whatever. You're going to not do this at the kitchen table. You want to go somewhere and spend the time and this is what you're going to focus on. You create an agenda. We're going to go through it step by step by step and nothing's off the table, you know. Like in a good brainstorm, you don't want to start saying why this won't work immediately. And, uh, and yeah, after that, what we ended up doing was putting it into an actual, like a small magazine. We had a graphic designer put together, um, you know, mock-ups, actually 3D renderings of what our office could look like. We made a map with pinpoints of markets that we hadn't even been to yet, but, but we, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you'll show us on video or not, but yeah, we put all these map pinpoints and and said, you know what, we don't currently go to, you know, Colorado, but we will be. And, and so we just started filling it in, man. It's, um, it's been I great. love it. I love the specificity of what you're talking about here. And there's another book that has been uh, foundational for me on the vision side of things called The Power of Consistency by a guy named Weldon Long. And okay. his story is just bananas crazy. Like he was in jail and then got out of jail and it completely changed his entire life. And one of the biggest challenges people have about making their dreams happen is a lack of awareness. You can say, I want to do this thing, but how aware are you of it on an every single day basis? What I love about what you just talked about is you guys got so specific on it that you actually printed it out in a actual, you can touch magazine format where you're like, wow, this is real. And for me, every single morning, I've got a file in Evernote that I read called uh, Consistency to My Dreams, where I literally go every single morning, first thing is part of my boot sequence of the person that I am and the person I'm going to be in the future. And you're right. And I say this in the tense of I am. So I'm embodying it. Like you said, four years from now, we're writing this to the team like we're in Colorado right there. So check out The Power of Consistency by Walden Long. So there's another thing that I want to talk about with you, and we'll actually make this the last uh, thing. So when I was at the holiday party, the thing that immediately caught my eye that I loved was you guys had banners hanging up showing the growth of the company and the number of rides or experiences, the individual ones that you did every single year. And they were on the rafters as if it was no different than a, a Blackhawks or Chicago Bulls championship banner. And for me, as someone who loves culture, who loves excellence, who loves growth, who loves transparency, and who loves to see the success of others, Immediately, it was one of my favorite things in there. There's all these expensive cars all over the place. And immediately, my eyes like, look at these banners up here. This is incredible. So can you talk a little bit about the actually having those banners up there and the importance of culture for what you've built and the growth around it? Yeah. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that we actually did uh, back in 2016 was we created what we call our four pillars. Um, and we knew that basically every decision we make in this company is to be founded on these four pillars. First of all is safety. So, you know, as someone's making a decision, how does this affect the, our customer safety? So safety, um, customer service, consistency, and culture. I could break those all down, but culture being one of the main four pillars, we knew that we wanted to create a cool work environment. We, we've got a very fun product. 
Um, it's very different than anything that's out there. It's different than any job I've ever had uh, where, you, you know, it's fun. It's a really cool thing that we do. We change people's lives like every day. I mean, that we have people who show up um, with real bucket lists, you know, like this is something they, they may have, uh, you know, terminal cancer. Uh, they, they know that they've got a finite amount of time and they've always want to drive a Ferrari. And this happens every weekend. Uh, we have people who uh, just actually survived cancer or something and they show up and they're doing a like genuine bucket list. Right. And it's something that we do not take for granted. Like we know what we're doing for a lot of people. It's just kind of a fun, like it's, it, they get their kicks, they drive a Ferrari. But for some of our people, this is like re really, really impactful. And so that's the kind of culture we want to create here. Um, so, so within culture, there's a number of things that we do around here, but one of them is to celebrate our wins and, and, and to show for the whole company needs to see whether you're a new hire, like we just hired a whole new round of, of mechanics and stuff. They, we spent a lot of time really sharing our history with them. So when they walk in, they see these banners, you know, they know we're going to do 50,000 experiences or 55,000 experiences this year. What does that mean? Like just look back a couple of years and where we were at. And so it's really important for us, for, for everybody to see the growth. And that's why the specifically the banners, I think are a really good touch, which is everyone can be aligned with, that's the number of lives we've changed, people we've impacted. It, you can see struggles. There's actually one year where the, there isn't a whole lot of growth. And in fact, it, the number dips a little bit. And everyone always asks us like, why, what's up with that dip number? Like, well, things didn't go really well that year. We had number of weather issues. We had overcome so many different challenges. And so it really helps like with the, just with the overall story of our company. Um, and, and it is a, a victory to us. I mean, that's a, it's a huge undertaking to do 50,000 safe experiences in a year. Um, it's, it's literally unheard of in the motorsports world to, to have that kind of safe track record. So we like to, you know, it's, it's also something we're very proud of. Um, another thing that we have, you didn't see, we haven't done it yet. We did it at our old offices. We actually print huge uh, vinyl, like vinyl uh, sentences and paragraphs of our customer feedback and put it all around the garage. It's something we, we need to do in our new office since we moved in. But, you know, these are real testimonials from people that live around the office place. So, you know, maybe you're having a bad day or maybe there's that, it's those little things like I need to put that extra little effort in. I need to double check that the specs are that the torque uh, is proper on the lug nuts on this Porsche sitting here. And, you know, there's an actual story right on the wall of someone who said they bought this for their father. It was the best thing, you know, experience of his life because he wanted, he's always wanted to drive a Ferrari and all these other things. And so it just kind of like helps everyone remember why we do what we do to have the quotes, to have the banners with the numbers. Um, and, and that's just a small component of culture. I think culture is more than just, um, you know, having like free snacks and, and a kegerator and, and a papa shot. Um, it's, it's all about weaving the fabric of what, what we do and which is make dreams come true and, uh, and having a fun place to work. We get to choose. This is the interesting thing. Um, you know, especially when you're building your own business, uh, you can choose the type of culture you want to build. I mean, it's not easy, but there, it, you can default to just everyone comes in, punches the clock, sits down, does their job and leaves. Or you could say from the beginning that, or, or maybe, maybe you're a few years in your business um, and now, you, now you're realizing like, I don't like the culture. I don't like the work environment. And then you can proactively make changes uh, to that. And 
And it just, it's, it's a matter of having a vulnerable candid conversation too, to say like, look, uh, the, the, let's create some standards. This is what this place should be like. I, I want to, you know, be able to know what's going on in my teammates' lives. I want just list it all out and, and start to make an effort. There's not, everyone just thinks that it's about painting some walls and, and like all of a sudden, you know, and you've got some cool lighting in your space and you've got nice couches or something and like, and that's culture, but that's a, it's a part of it. But for us, it's, it goes a lot deeper than that. And that's culture. Culture is a heartbeat and yeah. it's something that's real. And as we wrap this up, there's a few things that you mentioned that I absolutely love. You said lives change and make dreams come true. And the way that you framed what one of your experience or sales is, because remember at the end of the day, this is just a transaction, but you're saying, listen, this is more than just a transaction to some other people. And that actually then manifests itself into your culture. And then the other thing you said about putting the testimonials around the office for the listener right now, if there is something that you like, please give a testimonial to that person, that podcast, to that company, because it means the world to us. Because if we're going to extrapolate this forward, the person who's going to tighten that lug nut a little bit, it says, man, this is a great experience. This is a life changing for my dad and myself right there. It, it really helps uh, drive the dream and the vision for other people. And it's a small thing that you might overlook, but I can tell you for both myself and Joe, it means the world to us because there is a silent majority in a vocal minority. And anytime someone shows love to others and you put it out there, it's just such an important thing. And it's something that I really work on more on my own of giving praise to others because the feedback just means the world to other people. So Joe, I love what you're building in Extreme Experience. You guys are top notch. Your office is amazing. The experiences are amazing. Where can everybody connect with you? Well, personally, you can hit me up on Instagram. Uh, that's my kind of preferred social network. It's Textbook Joe. I'm happy to connect or, or help somebody get into the, to their dream car. Um, but our, our business, Extreme Experience, the shorthand website is xxspeed.com. So uh, that's, it's easier than typing you know, the words extreme experience, but uh, it's extreme experience with X's pop us into Google, you'll find our ads and then we'll retarget the heck out of you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's where you can find us and find us at a racetrack near you. We're in 30 plus markets across the United States. Uh, if there's a racetrack near you, we're probably at it. If you've ever wanted to drive an exotic car, please check us out. That's it's, we are here to make the world's most ex exotic and inaccessible vehicles accessible to everybody. And and we do it with an attitude that's not pretentious. We're very welcoming. doesn't matter what your skill set is. Zero experience to, you know, uh, we've had, you know, actual professional race, uh, race car drivers who've won the, the world, uh, uh, what is it, the Rolex Grand Am uh, 24 hours. I mean, the whole spectrum. So anything that you've ever wanted to, uh, any car you've ever wanted to drive, anything you've ever wanted to do, find us and we'd be happy to help you out. And I want to hear from you. There was so much goodness packed into this episode. What is one thing that stood out to you? And then number two, what is one thing that you took action on? I want you to hit up Joe and I want you to hit up myself as well. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. I want to let you know about my latest project, which I'm super excited about. It's called Launching Podcasts, and it's a step-by-step -step video course to help you easily launch a podcast. 
I created it because so often I heard from people and brands that they wanted to create a podcast but didn't know where to start. By following my process, you'll save a ton of time, it's easy to execute, and it'll increase the quality. Head over to launchingpodcast.com and get $50 off by using promo code HUDDLE at checkout. That's launchingpodcast.com, promo code HUDDLE.